This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM. We are on your radio here in Johannesburg on a beautiful, rather sultry uh, Arab Shabbos afternoon here. Welcome, welcome to all of you. Thank you all so much for taking time out of your busy day to make Chai FM and make Soul to Soul and make this program part of your Friday afternoon. It's a great honor and privilege to be with you and hopefully to add a little bit of quality, a little bit of zets, a little bit of something extra special to your Erev, to your Erev Shabbos. And we talk, I hope everything is going swimmingly for, for you as you prepare for this this Shabbos, this Shabbos is a Shabbos Mevorchim. We are, in fact, getting ready for the second Adar, Rosh Chodesh Adar Sheni will be this coming week on Thursday and Friday. And then the rocking continues for the entire, for the entire month. And, uh, we all look forward to, to, to that. But let's, let's share a word together on, on this week's Pasha before we go on with our discussion of the, uh, of the air of, uh, in fact, two two ideas that uh, that are perhaps uh, uh, worthwhile talking about, in, especially in connection with Pashas Pashas Layakel. The first one is that uh, we know famous question based on a uh, based on a, a Chazal, where it's actually a poskin. Next week's Pasha, the beginning where it says Ubatzal ben Uri ben Chur. Asa es kol Hashem es Moshe. B'tzalel made the Mishkan exactly as Hashem had commanded Moshe. And Rashi quotes it. The Medrash brings. It doesn't say he did it exactly as Moshe had told him, but rather it says exactly as Hashem had commanded Moshe. Even those things shaloyam Even those things that Moshe Rabbeinu never set him, he did. What's what are we talking about? So we know. Uh, uh, or even things that he wasn't commanded, his schema adapted But Salah was able to figure out what it was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually said to Moshe Rabbeinu on, uh, on HaSina. Why? It says, actually commanded to manufacture first first, as is brought in Pasha's Truma, to first manufacture all the vessels, Make the Aaron, make the Menorah, make the, uh, make the, uh, Shulchan, and then, Mishkan, and then make the structure of the, of the Mishkan. So, Amlo Betzal Betzal says, Minigailam, Lasleis Techila Bais, Vachach Masum Kalim Sechem. Surely, you first build a house, and then you get the, uh, all the utensils, all the furniture to put inside. You're not gonna have all the furniture made, and where are you gonna put it? So Hashem said, so, so Moshe Rabbeinu said to B'tzal, Kach shamat Says, uh, that's in fact what I heard from Hashem. You in fact must have been listening behind the wall. You must have been uh, 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 eavesdropping on our discussion. That's in fact what Hashem uh, 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 told him, where, where Betzal actually made the Mishkan first, and then, and then he made, then he made the, uh, the, the, the Kedem. The, the obvious question on this, and it seems like almost, almost a, such a basic question that it brings the whole Medrash into, into, into doubt, was, 
We know that the actual construction of the Mishkan took place. So Moshe Rabbeinu came down on Yom Kippur and told them about the Mishkan the next two days. They, they brought the donations for the Mishkan and they actually began the construction on, on Sukkot, on the 15th of Tishrei, and they completed it already on, on, uh, on Hanukkah time, already 25th of Kislev. The whole thing was, uh, the whole thing was, was, uh, completed and then it was really, it was, it was mothballed, it was, it was left in, in, in pieces until until Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and only, or, or certainly, seven days before Rosh Chodesh Nisan, with the the time of the uh, of the Miluim, with the time of the practice run of the Mishkan started, which was a week before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So, practically speaking, for three whole months, the kind of rem- the, the the building remained in in pieces and, and boards, and it wasn't put together as a building at all. So, while B'tzalah's argument was incredibly logical. Yes, you should build the house first. You know, why would I make uh, furniture first and then the building? Because where am I going to put that furniture? But that wasn't even a practical question. That question was never even resolved by him first constructing the the boards and then constructing the the uh, furniture because the building in any event was not put up and and lay and lay lying around for for. Uh, for three months, and it's like Rama should double pella. That uh, that uh, quite hard to to uh, to understand. So you could say that perhaps uh, uh, a presented his his whole svar, his, uh, his argument on maybe he thought that the Mishkan was going to be put into use and and start functioning as soon as as soon as he uh, finished it, and that the building would be put up first. But that doesn't explain why Moshe Rabbeinu would have told him that that he is that he is right. It doesn't. Uh, he wasn't. <laughs> In actuality, he wasn't right. It didn't get put up first. So there's a uh, perhaps the answer is a very simple and very very basic concept that in order for one to do any kind of a a mitzvah, all the mitzvahs of the Torah have to be done in a normal kind of order in a normal way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to, to use our, our seichel, to use our intellect, to do things in the correct uh, order. And, and even, God forbid, an Avera, which we only consider to have done an Avera transgression when they are also done in the normal order. Right? We know that uh, Shabbos requires a Melechas Machsheves. A Melecha has to be done in the normal way that such an activity is done. If a person does any malacha with a shinui, does it in an unusual kind of way, an abnormal kind of way, so certainly minatayra, certainly he hasn't violated a tayra obligation because the tayra obligation is to do things in the way that they're normally, they're normally done, right? Uh, and, and the same thing applies with fulfilling positive mitzvahs. To do it, you have to do it in, in the normal way. If a person uh, 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 eats uh, matzah in my Pesach, but he eats it in an unusual uh, 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 kind of kind of way, or he uh, or he turns his lulav upside down, or something like that. So he's not fulfilling. He's not fulfilling mitzvahs because all mitzvahs have to be done in the in the normal way that that we need we need to do them, and that's and that seemingly would apply 
even to the construction of the Mishkan. Although, yes, it's true, the Mishkan wasn't even put up until until later, but still, when we build, we have to build in the normal order, in the normal seichel of how one builds a building. Normally, you first put up the building, and then you uh, invest the things inside that need to go and need to go inside the building. Someone who's building a house <laughs> doesn't buy the furniture until the house is is is, uh, is ready. So, could be Betzalel is actually right, not because that. Of the, of the practical question of the way, of the way you start, or where am I going to put the caleb if I make them, if I make them first, if there isn't yet a building? Because the answer is, no, I'm, I'm building the, the house first, because that is the normal way to build a house. And that perhaps is a, is, 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 is a possible answer, but it's, it's actually a very, 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 very difficult, difficult, uh, uh, uh question. Just a, a, a second short thought is uh, regarding the, the partial A lot of the, when we talk about the making, the manufacture of many of the kalim that were used in, in the Mishkan, so uh, we see that the, the Torah describes that the, the workers, the people who were commissioned to actually be involved in the construction of the, uh, of, of the Mishkan, so the Pasuk says, and says it a few times, it says, which are, these are like uh, professional people, uh, carpenters, and Chayshev is uh, people who cut, cut stones. So, the, the, the Ksava Kabbalah, who was, uh, Menkelberg, a Talmud of the, of the Vilngon, and, and he often plays with the concept of, of words and, uh, and, uh, and language and, and, uh, and things like that. Um, so he actually deals with the word choyresh, which we translate here as a, as a carpenter, someone who works with, uh, with, uh, wood. Now, it's interesting that the word choyresh, we know it from Lachshabs, we know it from everywhere that to choyresh actually means someone who plows. Right, is, is, is a, is a, uh, is a, uh, a plower. What does that, uh, what does that have to do with, uh, with, uh, the concept of, of carpentry? What, uh, you know, what's, what's the connection here? What is the connection at all? Well, what is, what in the world is, uh, does plowing have in fact to do with, with being a, a carpenter? And how does the word come to be related? To the to the concept of someone else who is a uh, a professional with his with his hands, so he has actually a very very nice uh, insight. He says that what in fact what is plowing? He says a person plows because he wants to plant a seed. Why does he want to plant a seed? So that he'll have a tree, or he's going to have some other kind of produce that's going to grow. Before he can plant the seed. He has to think about what he's doing. He has to make sure that if he's going to do it, he's going to plant that tree, that it's done, that it's done right. He doesn't just go to the field and stick a seed into the uh, into the ground and you know say go pick a little tilam and and hope that it that it grows. He thinks it through, and he actually has to make the proper preparations. Harisha 
always denotes, he says, something that is well thought out plan, right? which a person does in, in order to, as Hashem, to have a, a successful harvest or whatever it is that he's making to, to be successful. So the idea of, of, of harisha and, and, and the cherish, the, the carpenter, they both have to do with thinking through and planning things from the very beginning. And uh, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to uh, make, you have to make plans, and that's the concept of of, of cherish. He says even further, says it, quite interesting, that the word cherish is also used for someone who is silent. And, uh, and in fact, the the uh, the pasuk the pasuk uh, says, in fact, in, in the Megillah says kiyim hacharish. Tacharishi, someone who's quiet and is thinking something through. That's the whole concept of a, of a cheresh, a, a professional person. If he's going to do any kind of job in order for it to be successful, has to know how to plan things out and do it, and do it, uh, and do it, uh, properly. We're going to carry on in a moment with our segment of Hilchel Shabbos on the Eruv. This is 11.9 High FM, soul to soul, on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 High FM, this is soul to soul on the greatest radio station on High FM. Just to let you know that if for whatever reason you're not going to be able to get to the Sinai and Daba this weekend, and uh, certainly everyone should try to, but if for whatever reason you can't make it, that doesn't mean you are detached from what's going on, because High FM is actually going to be broadcasting live from the scene of the uh, of the Sinai and Daba in, in Santon on Sunday mornings. You can get all the incredible inspiration, all the all the amazing talks. It's all going to be available for you from there. So obviously, it's even better in person. But if not, at least get the inspiration, and be part of what is going on there. Uh, this is Chai uh, FM. This is Soul to Soul. Just the usual details we usually stick in at this moment. Uh, this week is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Vayakel. Right? We don't, we don't, you don't have the double this week because it's a leap year, so we get a little bit more chance to uh, focus on each week's Parsha by itself without too many doubles. There are a couple of doubles at the end of the, of the year, but uh, there's still a bit of time for for that. So it is Pashas Vayakel. It's also the first of the four special readings that we have leading up to Chodesh Nisan, leading up to, to uh, Pesach. Oh, oh, oops, I shouldn't say that word. Um, and this week is Pasha Shkalm, the first of those readings. So there's a special Maftia. We read about the giving of the half half shekel and a special half Torah from uh, Malachim Beis about the time of Yoyosh, the, the king, and, and how the money was donated and given to the, to the Mishkan. It's also, as I mentioned, Shabbos Mevorchim, uh, for Shabbos Kodesh Adar Beis. Rosh Chodesh will be Bez Hashem this coming week on Thursday and Friday, leading us into, into the, the very, very happy month of, of Adar Sheni. Uh, the Shabbos times for this week, uh, this week is, I think, the last time of the standard uh, summer time for Shabbos beginning, which is at quarter past six. The latest 
uh, time for lighting Shabbos candles. You don't have much leeway afterwards. Is at 20 minutes past past six, so you don't you gotta get going. And of course, one should have it done even before. Uh, the sunset is at 6:38, and Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at nine minutes past seven. Seven or nine, starting to get earlier. Uh, uh, rapidly, and as you say, next week I think even Shabbos will no longer begin at at 6:15 as we make our way steadily and stealthily towards towards the uh, towards the winter. The fact that uh, the predictions are there's going to be a major heat wave this weekend doesn't take away from the fact that we are invariably heading towards towards the the winter. We're still talking about the laws of of an eruv. So we want to start this week by mentioning the fact what happens if a duly constituted Eruv, an Eruv that has been set up uh, before Shabbos uh, uh, properly and, uh, you know, everything is done according to what needs to be done. And then during the course of, during the course of Shabbos, so then the Eruv uh, falls, falls down and, uh, now it's actually no, no longer, uh, usable on, on, uh, on Shabbos because, or, or the question is, can it be, can it be used on, uh, on Shabbos because of the fact that it's, it no longer is, uh, is, is standing. So it happens sometimes that in the middle of Shabbos, unbeknownst to people that go, we do, we do always uh, have someone who actually has the job of going around on Friday afternoon and and checking that the Erev is is in place before Shabbos. So he did his job. He checked. It was it was all good, as they say. And then uh, sometime during during Shabbos, or maybe it happened before Shabbos, but it it suddenly uh, people have become aware of the fact that uh, during Shabbos that. The Eruv, and usually often happens, the, the wire snaps or gets knocked down, whatever it is, that the wire gets, gets torn in one of the places, and, and now it's, uh, now it's possible. Now really the area is no longer surrounded by, by, by an Eruv, and, uh, perhaps it's, it's, you know, no longer usable. And then of course, the question then is, is, is raised? Well, actually two questions, uh, come up. Number one, could we possibly fix the Erev? Could we make the necessary repair so that the Erev can, be, can continue to be usable on, on Shabbos? Number two, if for whatever reason uh, we're not able or not allowed to fix the, the Erev, do we need somehow to try to publicize throughout the whole uh, area all those affected or all those who live in the precinct of that era, that in fact the Erev has become possible so that they can uh, be careful not to carry anything, to make sure they check their pockets so that they're not taking anything uh, outside of the house. So, L'Chathila, if one does have available the the services of a uh, of a non-Jew, uh, even so, so then it will be better that he should go on Shabbos and and fix and fix the uh, the Erev. Even though the truth is, we as we've learned, there is an Issa Jabonun 
to tell, to instruct a, a non-Jew on Shabbos to do malacha, to do work for us on, on, on Shabbos. And this clearly seems to be in violation of that. But here there's a special circumstances. Here we're talking about a, a very, very serious need because the alternative is we don't have an Erev, then people, chas v'shalom, are, are going to, you know, people who may not yet be aware of the fact that the Erev is not, is not working may come to, uh, may come to carry on Shabbos. So we need the Erev in place to save people from, God forbid, from violating the issue of carrying on, on Shabbos. And therefore, because it's such a tzedek gadol, such a, a huge need, Chazal allowed us to request from a non-Jew to make the necessary repairs that we can continue to use the Erev on, uh, on Shabbos, even if what needs to be done, says the Mishnah, even if in order to fix it, he has to do things that are actually biblically forbidden, that are things that are also in he will be allowed to do it <coughs> on, on Shabbos and, and for, the, for the benefit of the entire, of the entire community. But... If for whatever reason there isn't a non-Jew available to do that that work, so it's clear that it will be completely forbidden for a a Jew himself to go and make those repairs on the on the erevan on Shabbos. Certainly, if it involves the need to to do malacha that is awesome and atayra things that are biblically forbidden, for sure a a Jew couldn't uh, couldn't. Uh, couldn't do it. Let's say, for example, uh, let's say one of the one of the pillars have ha, have fallen down, so we wouldn't allow a Jew to 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 stand it up and 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 you know kind of refix it into the uh, into the ground, or even if the the wires have uh, have torn, so it would be forbidden for a Jew to go and and tie them up. With a a knot that's going to uh, be be permanent per, permanent situation, which of course is something that is forbidden. That is forbidden. What the uh, what the uh, what the Torah uh, the Torah says. So what will we do? Well, we'll come back and discuss that in one minute. We're going to go to the shops and sort out the business. This is one one point nine Chayafim on the soul to soul. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome, welcome back. We are so glad to have you for our very last segment. So we're dealing with the situation of what in fact happens if the Erev has fallen down on, on Shabbos and we need to know what can we, uh, what can we do about it? So there's, there's no, we said there's no, there's no, uh, uh, Jew, a, uh, available, uh, uh, sorry, there's no non-Jew available to help us, to help us do it on uh, to help us fix it so that <coughs> that would of course be first first uh, option <coughs> sorry and then the question is okay uh, can a you do it so certainly if it's a situation where uh, it involves what, what we're asking him to do is something god forbid that is an isodoraisa so that for sure would not you wouldn't be able to ask a a Jew to to do that, such as let's say, if uh, if uh, the uh, 
the rope snaps to go and uh, ask him to tie it up in a permanent way, that would never be permitted. But what about, let's say, to uh, tie it up, let's say, to make a bow, where it's not a lasting, a lasting, uh, uh, a, a lasting knot, uh, would he be allowed to do this? At least there's something up, but it's not, but it's not uh, permanent, which <clears throat> you're allowed to make such a, a knot on, on Shabbos, because that knot would allow then people to, to, uh, to carry, so therefore that, uh, that knot would then make a mechitza that, that allows everyone to carry. But again, you're then now taking a, an Erev that was possible and making it kosher on, on Shabbos. In other words, Chazal forbade us on Shabbos to construct any kind of wall that is now going to allow us to use that place on Shabbos, that in a situation where before that knot was tied or that wall was put up, it would have been forbidden to to carry there. And now that I've made the knot, now you're allowed to. You're allowed to carry there. So some say it's it's forbidden, since even though you, all your tying is a temporary knot, so the tying of the knot itself may not be uh, forbidden at all, but you are literally, the era was down, it was broken, and now I'm creating the Erev on Shabbos, and therefore some say, absolutely not, you cannot, you cannot, uh, you cannot do it. Others argue and say, yes, it's true, that as, as a general rule, our rabbis forbade a person to make the wall that's going to create the, the, uh, the mechitza on, on Shabbos. But here, we have a, we have a very, very serious situation. We have a whole tzibur, a whole community, a whole city perhaps that's carrying on the basis that the Arab is, is standing, is, is alright. And now it's not. So you're actually causing the, the entire community, God forbid, to, to, to be entrapped in the Isser of, of carrying on Shabbos. So therefore they say that to justify a temporary, a bow in the, in the, in the wire so that it can at least Stand, that would be, that would be permissible. And, uh, many of the poets can say that, practically speaking, that is the way we, we, uh, we, we paskin, it's brought down in, in the Shalomeshev, that one could, uh, one can do that. In a situation where there's absolutely no way of fixing the Erev at, uh, at all, then, uh, what still, one shouldn't announce it publicly. Because then we have to, uh, we have to worry that there may be some people, God forbid, who don't worry so much about the prohibition of carrying. They would carry anyway. And better that they should carry on Shabbos thinking that they're, that they're allowed to do when they're going to do it anyway. And that, God forbid, where they find out that there's no air, and they say, well, I'm going to carry anyway, in which case they're doing it in wanton violation of the, uh, of the, uh, of the halacha. And obviously, uh, if you can do it quietly, so that those that need to know, uh, uh, would be told about it. So, for, to them, you could, uh, you could mention that, in fact, the, the air is no, is no longer, no longer working in that, uh, in that situation. Um, it's just, uh, and that, uh, 
and that in fact is uh, uh, the, the 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 principle is as 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 a fundamental principle that wherever there's any kind of situation uh, or pos- possibility where people could hear about it, so uh, even if they're not going to necessarily listen, so uh, there we don't apply the principle of let them rather do it uh, do it on purpose than on than on a uh, mistake than on purpose because. Uh, if there's any possibility that were you to tell them that they may not carry, they might actually listen, then there's an obligation to actually uh, give that information. Uh, and, and therefore, uh, even in this in this situation, you would have to make it uh, public knowledge that the Erev is, is torn because you never know. You can't prejudge people. People might decide, okay. Uh, even though I'd, I, I would normally carry, but maybe this week, because it's not, it's not there, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to not do it. But, but from Zaman Eubach, uh, uh, says that, uh, uh, nowadays people who do carry that, you can't even call it, uh, uh, because, uh, when they thought the Erev was there, so they're, 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 even they're carrying, they're not even aware of the fact that they're doing, they're doing an Isser, and therefore, Rav Shlomo Zaman Paskin, that it's better not to to uh, uh, announce publicly that in fact the Erev has been has been uh, has been torn. So I think we've covered the, just the basic outline of the Erev of the Chatzeros. Next week, maybe we'll do a little bit about the Erev of Tchumen, of walking distances outside the city on Shabbos. Our time is is up, and just have a moment to wish. Each and every one of you, a beautiful Shabbos. Someone's going on the Shabbos. Pashas Golan, Pashas Shabbos Avorchem. We're getting ready for Adar, Sinai, and Dabo. It's Shabbos on Sunday. If you can get there live, great. Otherwise, listen to it on the radio. Thank you for being us. Thank you for being part of our radio family. And a wonderful, warm, beautiful, cuddly. Uh, good Shabbos to everyone.